Friends, um, I think there's a chat working. Uh, at least I've responded to some. I've seen some. I've responded to some. Don't know if you're seeing them on the other side. Uh, it started, then it shut down, and then it opened back up again. But anyway, I'm not going to be concerned about that. I, I love to interact with you. I love to see the comments. It's so helpful to me to see the comments. And uh, But... If I can't, we'll just teach through the text. And uh, I, I just see uh, a comment from Don. For those listening later on the podcast, this is live. And uh, I'd like to interact with people who join me via Facebook or YouTube during the live portion and interact with them, at least some. And the last few days, I've had a little bit of... Uh, uh, technical difficulties with with the chat device that I use to be able to do that that's a part of the the, the software that I use and uh, 
Not totally sure it's working correctly today, although I did just see, Don, a comment from you. No other ones yet. Uh, and I will comment back to you, just saying I see. And uh, if you comment back to me, Don, one last time, at least I'll know that this this aspect of the chat is working uh, as it should. We're in Luke chapter 10, and we're going to pick up, we're going to review a little bit of what we looked at yesterday uh, the sending out uh, of the 72, uh, this is the 72 others. So you take the 12 originally sent and then add the the others uh, to that number, and we end up with a number of uh, 84 that that I tend to think is, is the number that is sent. And uh, because it says in verse 1, after the Lord appointed 72 others, he sent them out two by two ahead of him every town and place where he was about to go. That is either he sent the 12 on separate occasion, then sent the 72. But either way, there's 84 in total uh, being sent. Uh, he, We spoke yesterday. I spoke quite a bit about the harvest being plentiful and uh, the challenge of the harvest and how each of us can be part of that. Uh, I didn't really deal a lot with the idea of lambs among wolves. Uh it, other than the fact that we are to be innocent and know that people might try to chew us up and spit us out. Uh, and, uh, and we talked about God's provision in the midst of doing the harvest. And that's something that I personally am trying to learn and, and to trust in, in God's provision and uh, that, that he would take care of the needs. That's verse 10. Uh, and then bringing peace to the house and finding what we call that person of peace. Uh, that would welcome the gospel. We talked about discovery Bible studies, the Alpha Course, things like that. Uh, and then in verse 9, it says this, and I want to come back to this real fast. Uh, in verse 9, it says, Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. Uh, and out of that one verse, we derive two aspects of ministry that all of us can be involved in. And you can say, look, I I can't, Pray over somebody and know they're going to be healed. I agree with you. I I share the same vantage point on myself that, that I don't have the confidence that that in that, that I have a healing gift or a healing ability. However, I do believe I can pray for people. Uh, I I do believe that I I can pray over those who are sick. I can pray for those who are sick. I do believe that. And something that everybody can do as a believer is what we have classified for years and concentric as peer care, showing care to, to people and uh, peers being people our age. We're not necessarily talking people inside the church, but just anybody that's in your stream of relationships that you can demonstrate care toward. So. You know, uh, and there's all kinds of ways to do that. I mean, one of the ways you might do that it would be to drop off uh, some food or, or some things for somebody going through cancer. I mean, that that could be a way of showing peer care. Uh, but then the, the second part in verse nine is peer. Sh- there's peer care, and the second part is peer share. Tell them the kingdom of God is near you. That, that we would be understand a calling to to share the good news with people around us. So, you know, to live in the gospel life, I mean, 
our responsibility and can boil it down to, to two things very simply caring and sharing Jesus centered caring and sharing that's what we're called to do then then he concludes this section verses 1 through 12 talking about the towns and the people who don't welcome them and kicking the dust off your feet and he says this in verse 12 he says i tell you it will be more bearable on that day for sodom than for that town who rejects the gospel out of that he launches into a brief uh pronouncement of woes uh, and there's a longer, this is longer in the book of, of Matthew, much longer, but Luke has just a short little section here on the woe to the unrepentant cities. Now, uh, the, the headings here are not something that it, are in the original scriptures, okay? That's added, trying to kind of break the sections down to make them understandable. Uh, but verse 13 is, and again, the references aren't there as well. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida, uh, for the miracles that were performed in you. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. It will be more, to- toler- more tolerable, more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, uh, will you be lifted up to the skies? No, you will go down to the depths. Now, Capernaum was the place he was operating out of. Uh, he who rejects, uh, he who listens to you listens to me. And he's talking now to the disciples, those who, who listen to you or are listening to me. Who He who rejects you is rejecting me. But he who rejects me rejects the one who sent him. And one of the things I think we have to remember as we share the gospel with people, and if people uh, reject us in that sharing of the gospel is is simply the idea that uh, they're really rejecting Jesus. Uh, we want to take it quite personal. We want to say, "Well, they're rejecting me," and and it, we don't like it. I don't like. To, I like to be liked. How about you? Do you like to be liked? We I think we all like to be liked. There's many people there. There are combatant uh, uh, types who they just love the battle. They love to stir it up, and they love to fight, and they love to scrap, and and. And it's just the way that their their nature is. But many people do not like to be rejected. However, Jesus makes it clear here in verse 16, that he who listens to you listens to me. He who rejects you rejects me. He who rejects me rejects him who sent me being God. So they're rejecting God. Ultimately, they're rejecting God. And so, so we need to... Um, find strength and courage through that verse in sharing the gospel, that we share Christ with people and people want to be diminutive toward us because of it or tell us we're unintellectual or tell us any number of things. They're rejecting Jesus, and and Jesus makes clear it will be more tolerable for even the wicked cities of the Old Testament than it will be for, for those in Jesus' day or those in our day, those cities, those people groups, those those cultures that reject Jesus, it's going to be a hard, hard place. I would not want to be in that place. So he sent them out. He's told them about the unrepentant cities. Uh, and, and they go out to do their ministry. We pick up in verse 17. It says, 72 
returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. I guess this is answering the question at 72. So the 12 have had their experience. Now the 72 have their experience. He says, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And they're thrilled. They're saying, oh, we have spiritual power. We can drive out demons. We can drive out illness. We have all this power. And Jesus basically says, hold your horses, fellas. You, you just need to remember something. He says this in verse 18, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I was there. I cast him out of heaven. I have given you, I, me, Jesus, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. We need to go in the confidence of Jesus. He is underscoring not the the second part of the verse, which talks about authority to trample on snakes uh, and scorpions, both allusions to the satanic realm, and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Again, uh, allusion to the satanic realm. Nothing will harm you. The fact that we can have confidence that we will not be harmed. He is underscoring that it is him. We would look at in circle and highlight, underline, draw a box around. I, I have given you our authority spiritually rests in Jesus Christ. It isn't our authority. It isn't our ability. It isn't because we're someone special. It isn't because it's because of the authority of Jesus. That's what he's saying to them. It is because of the authority that you have through me. It's authority in my name that you have the ability to deal with these things. Now, he concludes this section in verse 20 and says, However, do not rejoice that the Spirit submit to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven, keeping proper, eternal perspective. Don't rejoice in, in, in the temporal that, that the demons submit to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Rejoice that I have chosen you. Rejoice that you've understood the gospel. Rejoice that that you responded to follow Jesus and have started following him, rejoice that your names are written. Keep the proper eternal perspective. Don't get wrapped up in earthly power. Don't get wrapped up in in uh, what you think your abilities are. Remember, all the ability comes from me, and I have chosen you. And, and I have chosen you to be with me in eternity forever. So great, great reminder to us to maintain a proper eternal perspective on things. Uh, the section verses 13 through 16, maintain a proper perspective. What's going to happen to, to cities? Let's just say that Belfast, Maine rejects Jesus. Now, yes, we there are some Christians in Belfast. We have some Christian churches in Belfast. But let's say Overall, the, the overwhelming majority of people in Belfast, Maine, reject the gospel. And, and even the best attempts at figuring out creative ways to communicate the gospel, and they reject it. Well, the conclusion is it will be far more tolerable on uh, in, on the day of judgment for a city like Sodom and Gomorrah or Tyre and Sidon that we've read about in this passage than it will be for the city of Belfast. Belfast, you need to listen up. Belfast, you need to repent Belfast, you need to look to Jesus and turn to Jesus and, and not reject Jesus. And, and, uh, because if you do, 
you will have uh, you will have problems. You will face a greater judgment, and that is that is um, the problem at hand. Sorry, I'm getting all kinds of notifications popping up this morning. Tons of them, too many. I need to turn those off. For us, the conclusion of the matter in this section is do not rejoice that the Spirit submit to you. Rejoice your names are written in, in heaven, maintaining proper eternal perspective. Picking up at verse 21, it says, At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. The little children being the disciples, the little children being these fishermen, the little children being these tax collectors, uh, these ones that that might not have been the most noble in, in culture and society, but the ones who've responded to the gospel. He says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned. Let me take us over for just a moment to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. I want us to see something uh, that Paul says about this. Uh, Down at verse 18, he says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligent, the intelligent, I will, inf- I will frustrate. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached, the gospel, to save those who believe. Jews want miraculous signs, and Greeks look for, you know, rational, logical wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you were in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. So for us, our boasting will be in Christ. Our boasting will be in the Lord. Our boasting will be in in what he has done for us. That is the place where we boast in the Lord. And that's the reminder that Jesus is giving in, in Luke 
the uh, the 10th chapter. Let your boasting be the Lord. Remember where this strength comes from. Remember where this power comes from. Remember where this ability comes from. Take the cue. Watch the warnings. Uh, remember things from an eternal perspective. Rejoice that, that you've been selected to have your name is written in heaven. Uh, he picks up, and we continue this section in verse 22. It says, all things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. We have been chosen to receive the revelation of who Jesus is. It says, then he turned to his disciples and said privately, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but not, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not not hear it. You've been especially chosen. I'm not going to do the next section, I don't believe. I'll save that for, for next week. You've been especially selected to uh, to receive this information. You have been uh, especially selected. And, and, and now we shouldn't, you know, puff up our chests and say, well, I'm more special than you are because God revealed. No, in humility, we give thanks that, but for the grace of God, there go I. It's the grace of God at work doing what uh, what he has done to draw us to Christ. We, we rejoice that our names are written in heaven. And yet, while we rejoice that our names are written in heaven, we must also remember that we are called to the work. We are called to peer caring and to peer sharing. And uh, for some, it's easy to care. For some, it's easy to share. But it's something that we would all strive toward uh, this work of, of caring for people. And, and there's all kinds of ways. You care for them by calling them and saying, hey, can I pray for you? That's a way to care. You might say, look, I don't have financial means or, or, or travel means to be able to go to somebody. Well, give them a phone call. Say, hey, can I pray with you? That's something you can do to demonstrate care. Same way uh, all of us get out and get into different places, doctor's offices, people in grocery stores where we shop, clerks that we see on a regular basis that, that God might give us the opportunity to share Christ with. May we do that. May we share Christ. May, may, may our lives uh, reflect peer care and peer sharing. The people would know Christ. The people would be encouraged in Christ. And, and may we rejoice that the authority that he's given us in, in the demonic realm, but rejoice even more greatly that he's given us names written in heaven. He's chosen us. I, I think of me, I, a little farm kid from northwestern Pennsylvania whose life was marred by so much sinfulness, and yet God chose me. God chose me to to know him. God chose me to be his child. God chose me to be his son. And, you know, I could think, well, why didn't you pick that person or that person or that person? Some of the really intelligent kids in my class from back when I was in high school. Not that I was stupid, but I wasn't the brightest bulb either. And uh, uh, 
I wasn't the most famous. I wasn't the most influential. I wasn't the most popular. I wasn't the most athletic. I wasn't those things at all. But God chose me. And for us just this morning to, to, to marvel that God chose us. Friends, we're sent. We're sent for peer care. We're sent, we're sent for peer share. May we do those things in obedience to Jesus that we might uh, honor him and glorify him and help others grow closer to him. Lord, help us today to walk with you, to live with you, to demonstrate you to the world around us and how we care and how we share. Lord, hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Didn't mean that little rhyme at the end, but poet and don't know it. Have a great day, everyone. See you next week.